All right, well, hey there, all you DC Comics News fans, DC Comics fans, fans of podcasts, lists, and, you know, all that other fun stuff. Well, congratulations. You've derived at a place that, for the most part, supplies a good number of all of the things we just talked about, or I just listed, and I'm imagining you nodding in agreement. This is the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, number 134. I'm your host, Seth Singleton, and... I think I'm a little sniffly. Yeah, so thanks for understanding that. And if it makes me sound weird, uh, thanks for understanding that too. And if I mispronounce or misspeak a name, know that that has absolutely nothing to do with my sinuses. It's just one of those things I do. Either I get too excited, too annoyed, too something. And in the process, well, here we go. So for a little bit of fun. Kicking things off on this episode number 133, taking a look at all the great stuff that we have. My job to find my top five books, share them with you, and in the process, give you something to enjoy, listen to, think about on your commute, doing chores, whatever it might be. Um, With that, (laughs) I'm going to start this week's episode off with uh, Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes. Now, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I have a mixed feeling when it comes to Brian Michael Bendis doing uh, ensembles. I think he does a really good job with uh, characters in solo, maybe partner stories. But there are times when I find myself dealing with the fact that so many scenes will be dedicated to clever banter and the human qualities that I know our heroes have, but it's almost like when the the lens sort of narrows focus and drills down really deeply on something that is very uh, specific in detail. Well, you can stay there for a long time, but that's one of the things that I kind of learned. I remember from some great writing teachers, the idea of scene and summary and how if you stay in a scene too long, then you can give the reader a reason to lose interest, check out, detach just enough. But if you can give them opportunities to summarize ideas and then move back into the deep detail. Anyway, a little riff. Brian Michael Bendis does an interesting job here by taking on the Gold Lantern Saga Part 1, which is the storyline running through this Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes. He's working with uh, Scott Godlewski, Colors by Ryan Cody, letters by Dave Sharp, and a lot of fun to be had with that. If you're a fan of the variant covers, don't worry. They've got those too. There's plenty for you to enjoy, and and I think you will. I, I really I really do. Maybe I'm too optimistic sometimes. Maybe I'm not optimistic enough. What what can I say? I do know that overall. <laughs> when I check out this one, I love the original cover. I love the variant with Lightning Lad and Superman. Uh, and I love the concept that we're addressing here. The uh, the Great Darkness is one of those things that sort of existed as lore for uh, Legion of Superheroes for quite some time. And it's considered to be this great, ominous, terrible thing that 
brings about the destruction of the world. So what is it exactly? Well, no one's really tapped too much into it. It's, it's interesting in that, for me, it reminds me of the source wall. And for the longest time, it was the place you could go up to, you could go near, you could even come close to. But the moment you made contact with, you were done. And that was the end. And nothing could go to the other side of it or come back until, well... Until suddenly, the source wall broke open. We had a whole new cavalcade of characters and stories, and Scott Snyder did that. Well, guess what? Brian Michael Bendis decided to dig into the great darkness. And that's where I think this story is really the most interesting for me. The idea of what happens that causes a, a darkness to descend not only um, upon the legion of superheroes far flung into the future, um, <laughs> a group who lives under the ideal that they were inspired by heroes of old and wish to offer that same inspiration to modern day generation. So what's the darkness that could come and affect the 31st century and yet at the same time affect us here in the well, whatever you want to call this modern age. <laughs> so with that, we have this really interesting idea that's presented. I think it's uh, a great thing to dig into because if you leave these mysteries for too long, they, they take on an amazing power, but that power loses context. And over time, context is actually one of the most important things. So I really feel that uh, Brian Michael Bendis um, BMB, as I've uh, heard him called, is doing a really brave thing by digging into the great darkness and exploring what this can mean for the Legion and the Justice League and also for DC Comics lore. Like I said, great darkness has existed for quite some time as one of those great catalysts that's always referenced in the Legion but never delved into. Well, now we have some delving, and with that, I'm happy to go ahead and say that's my first book, my first pick, a top five out of five. Ooh, I was really torn on my second book, I swear, because after the ad break, we just go straight Gotham, and that's just it. So I'd, I'd, I'd really struggled with the idea of uh, maybe uh, Detective Comics Shadow of the Bat, maybe the uh, Robin and Batman number three, but, but no. I held firm, I was resolute, and I went with Titans United number five. Now, always a strong possibility that you will disagree with me, dislike me, uh, think that my choices are absurd, and yet, that's the whole point of this. I want to tell you what I'm thinking, and then I want to hear from you what you think about what I thought, what you think are five books that are better or something else entirely. Maybe you just think that my order was out of it and there's a thematic way I need to be considering things. I can't wait to hear it. I like this story, Black Zero. Um, Kavan Scott, oh, I hope I say that right. Uh, Jose Luis um, on the pencils, Kavan Scott on the writing, Jonas Trindade on the inks, Rex Locus on the colors, Wes Abbott on the letters. Original cover by Jamal Campbell. Variant cover by Kale New. Um, I hope I'm saying that right, too. 
And we've had a story so far in which uh, Titan's powers are sort of being tossed around, swapped around, um, given to other people. And now things have become even crazier with this concept of Black Zero, which is an identity that's been embraced by the Superboy. Most people know as uh, Connor, Connell, uh, otherwise known as the Superboy who wears a black t-shirt with a red symbol on him. Now, the reason behind this is, I think, for the most part, driven by a storyline that I really enjoyed in the Titans series on HBO Max, and one that was um, alluded to at times in the comics. This idea that Coriander, who is the woman that we all at DC Comics have come to know as Starfire, has a sister named Blackfire. And in the Titan series, they've recently brought up the storyline wherein Blackfire had power and it was given to Starfire and then Blackfire was poorly treated because she didn't have powers. By comparison, in this story, instead, Blackfire is shown without her powers, is shown to be uh, someone who is belittled and derided by family, by friends, by others in Tamaran. And the effect that this has had on Connor... And it's brought to light by Raven, who wants to know what's going on. And when she goes into his memories, she sees the story of Blackfire and Starfire. She sees the conflict between the two sisters. She sees the, the vengeance and the rage that Commander and Coriander um, have created between them. How Coriander has been recognized as the hero by her society as the noble one and how it is that there have been consequences to that. Consequences that Khan feels that make Coriander uh, a lesser by comparison to her sister. And it's clear that there's more to this story. In fact, what I really enjoy is the revelation that it's Blackfire who has something that Connor needs gives him a choice about whether or not he wants to stay as he is, a figure who is less than he once was and who has become a token punching bag for characters like Red Hood. So if there's a solution to that, even if it means making a deadly choice, who would say no? Would everyone say yes? We, we get to a really interesting point where it's the Titans versus Connor and Blackfire. But it's only one Titan that Blackfire cares about. And it's her story that I think is the next focus in the upcoming issue, Titans United Number 6, a story known as The Truth Will Out. I'm curious to see it. I think this was a really great story. I loved the content. I loved the art. You know, the beautiful blues, the greens in Connor's memory, the ragged city chewed up by uh, superhero battles. Um, I liked Raven's powers. Overall, it's just a gorgeous book, and I really like the concept being suggested of, you know, what does it mean when you can't have power the way you've known it, and if someone who is considered a, an enemy is the one who can offer it to you? Well, how bad do you want it? How bad are you willing to go? Who are you willing to become in order to get it? 
think it makes for a really compelling story. It's one of the reasons why I was so happy to make it my second choice. And it's why. We're going to go ahead and leave off there, take a quick ad break, come back to you after you've heard all the great things we have going on DC Comics News. Stay tuned. I'll be here with more books. Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News podcast. It's audio justice. (laughs) No, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) No. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. (laughs) Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies.
part of the Comics in Motion podcast network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. (laughs) We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. (laughs) Off the the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything you want. Anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're gonna be That's talking about we're gonna be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want. God damn it. Look, all right. We're Back gonna to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes. Content creation reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's seasoned, but whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. All right, and just like that, the ad break is over. We are back. I am back. You're listening to DC Comics News. Spinner Rack, number 134 of the DC Comics News. My third book on this week's episode is Batgirl's number two story, One Way or Another. Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad crafting the amazing story. Jorge Corona providing the art. Sarah Stern with the colors. Becca Carey with the letters. Uh, Corona and Stern working on the cover with uh, Hicham Habchi providing the variant cover. Ryan Gonzalez on the 125 variant cover. Um, which one you choose to pick is, <laughs> is really just a, a mixture of uh, what you're feeling like. The original is a lot of fun. It's got great colors, great concepts. You know, Bondo, the muscle car. Uh, The first variant is really adorable. It just features a bat symbol with a spoiler and Batgirl just sort of like making the bat symbol. Kind of like when kids make snow angels. And there's a snowman with uh, two little bat symbols for the buttons on the front of his outfit. Or hers. It's not a gender specific snow person. And then there's another cute one, uh, just hanging out by the docks, maybe in the back of a pickup, um, <laughs> and Batgirl slipping on, sipping on a drink with a straw. I mean, the whole thing is just quite adorable. And uh, that's the cute part. The inside gets a little less cute with the introduction of the Saints. Very violent contingency 
that was uh, sort of created by the magistrate, a uh, extremist cell that were not stopped, and that even was identified by Gotham City Police Department as violence fanatics. So you've got a ringleader named Tarsus, who's prone to violence and torture. You've got Valentine, who is not loving, um, <laughs> and actually has a uh, origin story similar to Batman. You've got Assisi, who I'm pretty sure has uh, nothing to do with Francis Assisi. Uh, maybe it has something to do with stolen tech from working as an employee at Star Labs. But overall, these are just not good people, fun people to be around. And it's very quickly established by uh, Barbara Gordon that Spoiler and Batgirl need to get out of there and they need to get out of there quick. Now, they eventually find their way back. They are apologetic and so disappointed at what has happened and they're a little dejected but they also have a barbara gordon who's like look you always have a home here you're always going to be safe with me we're in this together we're going to make mistakes we're going to learn things from each other um and with that is going to come a, a series of kind of getting to know each other's where there's what somebody says there's what you believe, there's the conflict, there's the actions taken, and maybe there's a resolution, or maybe there is something that is so powerful that will continue to divide. It, it, it gets really interesting as the story progresses. I absolutely love the art by Jorge Corona. There's this wonderful mixture of it. it, it it takes me back to uh, the first version of like the Prometheus character back when Grant Morrison was doing some Justice League. And when he showed up, there was these great jagged lines. Kind of takes me back to the old days of like uh, Max and uh, maybe some of the uh, early 90s Lobo and some other things where the desire isn't to see a perfectly anatomical version of a character as drawn by so many other artists but instead to let their personality give them just a little bit of a jaggedness a little bit of a wonkiness that for me captures what i feel is is sort of the fun of being young and exuberant you're you're not quite fully formed even though you are forming it's not like you're this gigantic stoic embodiment of something like batman or Nightwing, or Batwoman, or Batgirl. It's something that's still growing, and because of that, <laughs> has some awkward angles, some jutting elbows and knees, but also has this wildly unexpectedness to it that just makes for a lot of fun. It's for that reason, and so many others I've already said, that Batgirl's number two makes it on this week's list. And as I said, we're going all Gotham for the remainder of this one, which is why it's really fun for me to share with you this story from uh, Pennyworth, number six. Now, Pennyworth for me has been a very interesting approach. 
Um, this is the penultimate book, so clearly we're getting closer to the end of this story. Um, <laughs> in this one titled, The Weapons Are Still Alive. We've got writer Scott Brian Wilson crafting a really interesting story taking place in the past as well as the present. We've got Juan Gideon with the uh, art, John Rausch with the colors, AW's DC Hopkins on the letters, and an original cover by Jorge Fornes with a variant cover by Ben Mears. Mears? Oh, maybe I'll get it right one day. Maybe I just try really well. So, Alfred has been locked up and roughed up, and the one friend who he knows is always coming to get him has also been captured. And there's a story from the past that is now rearing its head here in the present. <laughs> and there is a woman who Alfred dearly loved, dearly cared for, um, who he had a wonderful companionship with until she betrayed him back on a case where they were investigating the Russians and secret experiments and monstrous creations and, well, let's just say, Alfred is not grateful to see this person again. He is bitter. He is angry. He's remembering a story that he had slowly begun to put together after her betrayal. And how it is that now, in the present, he not only has to deal with his emotions and the struggles that go with it, but there's also the fact that uh, he's got a friend. <laughs> That friend has been coming to look for him. There has been a bit of a struggle with Alfred over what's been happening and who it is that he now has to deal with after a lifetime of doing his best to forget. So that uh, when he decides that He's going to do what he can to figure a way out through this. Well, he's, he's willing to let the 40 years of grief and rage and betrayal be put aside for the moment because he's taking on a monster and a series of monsters from their past, but also one that he is faced in the more recent present. I'm talking about the KG Beast. And sure, Alfred is loving that when he's back with her, he's invigorated, he's excited about the idea of partnering with her again and feeling the great chemistry. But then he's got Davy Boy. And well, Dave Boy was coming to get him was locked up by this woman because, as she claims, he was coming for Alfred, so they had to get him too. But they need Alfred because way back in one of the earlier issues, there was a moment where one of the creatures said something to Alfred, and that is a key. So Alfred, fully aware that he's been, well, 
face to brought face to face with the person who betrayed him, he's also aware of the fact that the only reason this is happening now is because she needs something from him. And there are little details like how it is she stayed young for so long. How it is that uh, she has gotten to the point that she's now turning against the people that uh, she was working for, that she claims now had betrayed her. And how it is that he has reached a point (laughs) where he's going to have to choose. And as I said, penultimate. So next issue, we're going to find out what he chooses and how things all work out. But at the same time, there is also a question of how well does this tie into the story of Alfred as it came to a close most recently in the pages of Batman in a conflict with Bane? I'm I'm curious to see how we'll resolve this. I mean, it's great to go back and enjoy a character and the stories from his past, but it's different now that we know that in the present, that character is no longer alive. So then, what else can this story potentially tell us? Well, we'll see if issue number seven makes it on next, well, next month's and next episode of uh, The Spinner Rack, and maybe I'll be able to give you some hints. In the meantime, it's time for my fifth and final choice. For this one, I decided to go with I Am Batman. Man. I have been a big fan of what John Ridley has done since he came to DC Comics. His uh, I Am Batman, this story titled Goodbye Gotham, his uh, story joined by the art of Christian Duco, uh, Juan Ferreira, and Laura Braga, with colors by Rex Locus, ALW's Troy Pateri on the letters, original cover by Ken Lashley and Juan Carlos Fernandez, and variant covers by Francesco Mattina and ooh, Nicola, whose last name, unfortunately, on my copy is a bit blurred. And if I try and say it, it's just I'm just going to be guessing at what the letters are. So with that, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say, man, we really get to see what happens when Batman is pushed to his limit, when he's pushed down, when he's beaten and broken, and how it is that this city... This city is a reminder of all the people he's fighting for because when he's ready to give up, they're still ready to keep fighting. They know what it means to live in Gotham. They know what it means to push back and to not give up. And even when he's at his worst, they're the ones who come to defend Batman. And they're the reason he finds that second degree of strength. And why it is that Jace suddenly makes through this violent exchange a connection with his father, one that leads to a choice by dad regarding the systems he has helped implement in Gotham and how we come to the end of the story when Jace realizes that no matter how long he fights the fight, he'll always be seen as that other Batman and that maybe living in the shadow of the bat is not the best way for him to accomplish his work. And that leads to a decision that I think is going to be very interesting for future stories, and I hope we get the chance to tell you more about them here on upcoming episodes of The Spinner Rack. However, with all of that said and done, that is my fifth and final book, and that brings us to the close of episode number 134 of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Yeah, it's been a good time. Thanks for hanging out with me. Enjoyed all of it, and I look forward to the chance to share more books with you. If you 
haven't yet, subscribe now on whatever platform you're listening to. And you'll get new episodes of this, weekly episodes of the DC Comics News podcast, and so much great stuff like I Am The Night and Mad Love and such original content that you won't find anywhere else. And should you have a comment, question, or anything else you'd love to tell us, find us on social media. Just use the at symbol in DC Comics News. That's capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. When you do, you'll make sure we know what you're thinking, what you're saying, and get to have a great conversation with you. Whether it's YouTube or Tumblr or Twitter or Facebook or, well, Instagram or anything else, use that at symbol, tag us, send us your thoughts. We'd love to hear them. Until next time, we have a little reminder we always like to share with you, and that is to always read more comics. Bye now.